Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 60, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And uh, g'day there folks, it's old Tom. <laughs> the old man in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 60 episodes, That's is that a milestone or is that not a milestone? Not a milestone. Yet? Okay. But we're halfway to... 69? <laughs> no. Is that a milestone? <laughs> That's a milestone. 69 That's a, a new step in our relationship. The first, your first 69th episode is yeah. definitely a milestone. That's right. Our first 69th <laughs> episode. episode. <laughs> um, but 60's halfway to 120. Is that a milestone? Um, I reckon 113 sort of a milestone. 113? Yeah, okay. 113. We'll mark that down. Maybe 111. Maybe we'll go into 111. 111. <laughs> One one two. Um, can you, <laughs> yeah, can you throw the projection up here on the screen to let us know when we're going to hit one one two based on current uh, current trends of recording? No. Okay. <laughs> no, we don't have a projection system. Ah, okay. I thought that was. Okay. And it's an audio medium, so why would we? Um, Although we do show each other ghost pics yeah. from time to time. Let's see ghost pics. Ghost pics. Let's see ghost pics. Yeah. Um, uh, stop messing and with the microphone. The microphone around. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do it really subtly. It did not work out that way. Um, new listeners of the show, welcome. Welcome. We meet up each week and one of us educates the other on a paranormal story. This time it's my turn um, because you've been away. You, How many hours ago did you get off a plane after four days away? Uh, about an hour and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And... It's my go next week to Did, be run down from being away. So I've barely been at this um, this establishment that I call home. Um, had we had the old Queenie's birthday? So did, oh, the did, Queen's birthday. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking about that. That's probably something. It's quite interesting because um, a lot of our listeners are um, North America, Canada, and is it Netherlands? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Netherlands. Um, uh, Canada, Canada must be would down have for that. A, yeah. Canada would have a Queen's birthday. Australia's in in on that. Australia would be in on that. And that is, and then obviously Great Britain. Oh, they, they love a Queen's birthday. Yeah. up there. <laughs> Wonder what they do. Do they all wear Union Jack hats and eat scones or something? Scones and jam. Scones and jam. Yep. Devonshire tea. I was going to say Devonshire tea. <laughs> and I don't know whether a Devonshire tea is actually an English thing or whether it's something that we just made up here. No, I think... I oh, to, you mean like a New Zealandish English I remember going thing. to uh, Governor's Bay, to that old hotel that used to be in Governor's Bay. Okay. And it fell down in the earthquake. But... The, the main one. Governor's uh, Bay Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's not that. Whatever it is. It was a uh, Godly House. Is that a thing? Oh, Godly House. That was not Governor's Bay. That's Diamond Harbour. Oh, right. Yep. Dove and Harbour. <laughs> um, and that's right. It was a bit further around. Yep. Um, and yeah, get a mean Devonshire tea there. Yeah, right. What yeah. is a Devonshire tea? Um, let's see if they're they do Devonshire teas in, anywhere else. Yeah. Because I, I used to always get confused between a Devonshire tea and a Yorkshire pud. Because <laughs> you think of a tea being a drink, but it's actually like sandwiches or something, isn't it? And then a Yorkshire pud is, oh, okay, is so not a pudding. It's something you have with your roast meal with gravy on it. And gravy, outside of America, is not something you have with biscuits in the morning. And biscuits outside of... Biscuits outside of America <laughs> is cookies. So um, I've gone to a website called thedevonshireteaguide.com.au. 
and this yeah. lady says, hi, I'm Tone. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, I'm a man that says, hi, I'm Tone. Very good. Um, so whether you ask for a Devonshire tea, a cream tea or scones, scones, jam and cream, it purely depends on where you are from. The name Devonshire tea originated in the county of Devon. Kind of, kind of got that. The Shire of yeah, Devon. Uh, in England, where it is a local specialty. But it's still a contentious issue as both Cornwall and Devon are trying to. <laughs> the, the curse was in such a way that it looked like it said Bevan. <laughs> I was like, Bevan? That's weird. Uh, and Devon are trying to claim a, the right to the title. So it's essentially a scone, is it? Um, well, is this it like is a the scone? <laughs> Just says it's the origin of it. <laughs> I think it is. It's definitely not like a cup of tea anyway. Uh, it's something you eat. What's this? North Island, New Zealand. What's this? Beyond Australia. Oh, it talks to places you can go to get Devonshire teas. Oh, God. <laughs> there are reviews on Devonshire teas. Awesome. Scones, uh, four and a half teacups. <laughs> Jam, three and a half teacups. Cream, five oh, teacups. Oh, Devonshire tea like the meal? Like high tea, where it's not tea. Uh, nah, I reckon it's scones and jam. <laughs> yeah, that's what I reckon it's Devonshire tea, maybe, is it scones and jam with a cup of tea or something? And that collectively is a Devonshire tea. It might be. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Um, you know who would know? A friend from the UK, friend of the show, Jim, who is on Twitter from the Talking Codswallop podcast. She will hear this and tweet me, and then I'll retweet it. <laughs> Nice. And then we'll know. So here's a good. So why Devonshire teas? I had my first Devonshire tea in the mid 1980s when oh. I was visiting family who were at the time living in the Upper Hunter Valley. Although just a teenager, I was enthralled by the concept of no. breaking open piping hot scones and lavishing, lavishing them with jams and cream. Is that it? Is yeah. it just jam? Yeah, it's all scones it's all with it jam is. and cream. Is what, it Devonshire this is, tea? This is Tony. This is what she likes. <laughs> weird so her guide is half a teapot to two teapots means not great but go for it if you must <laughs> two teapots to three teapots is good but there's some room for improvement three teapots to five teapots is now you're getting there that's more like it <laughs> oh no Tony. <laughs> yeah um so speaking of jim i was in a Twitter exchange with her um, <laughs> this is, recently. Sorry, this, is, yeah. <laughs> this, rev- this comment on this page. Hi, Tone. We are from Sydney and are scone lovers. We are dying for your page. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Jeez. That's way more enthusiastic than anyone should be around a scone. Yeah. Anyway, Jim. Jim uh, and I were talking on Twitter, and um, and part of the conversation led around to, like, have you listened to podcasts where they have like a name for their listeners? Um, so you mean like like tell them Steve Dave has ants. Yeah. Uh, Lovatas for the, Demi Lovato's fans. Yeah, there you go. That kind of thing. <laughs> Little monsters. It came up for uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Is that a thing? Monsters. Okay, cool. Um, we wandered around the term listeners. Mm. Seems obvious, right? Litzeners. Litzeners. Because you Litzeners. like to say lits a lot. I love to say lits. Which is the acronym for lights in the sky. <laughs> which it's sort if of, anyone hasn't missed. Yeah, I don't know where that kind of came from. Like, this sort of <laughs> we started saying it quite... I mean, it was obviously... It's, it's <laughs> Now it's lits, lights in the sky. But so, yeah. Welcome to our litzeners. Litzeners. Yeah. I quite like that. I use lits a wee bit now. Yeah, you do. That's yeah. why I, f- I figure I should... I should actually explain what it is in case people are wondering... Lights in the sky. So, yeah, I like that. 
Thank you, Jim. Thank you to me? you, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I'll you know, take partial credit. It tears me up inside to say that. <laughs> um, one more uh, thing happened, and this was just yesterday. Um, uh, amazing coincidence. So I don't know if this is paranormal or not, but Do it's very... Do you for that? Uh, yes, go. <laughs> amazing coincidences. Oh, I liked it. Very good. <laughs> Um, so pretty amazing coincidence happened yesterday, um, which is lucky we had that sting in the bank, really. It is good. Um, I'll let you be the judge of whether it's paranormal or just an amazing coincidence. Okay. So, um, we have a friend of the show, my friend Jim, the most haunted guy I know. It is. He um, is. He's he is. someone that we've, Jim is. we've had him phone call in a few times to tell us tales of, um how haunted he is um <laughs> yeah it's it's one of our most treasured segments segments isn't it yeah we're probably due for another one we've been leaving him alone um since he's had new bub and everything yep um but there's Any a couple on, of stories he's told me so there's a couple up his sleeve is mrs jim due another birthday or um no not till august oh, right. yeah <laughs> um but in chatting with jim he it, this months ago we figured out that it was kind of strange well when we first met really we figured out it's kind of strange um he lives on a road which is exactly the same as my last name yes so let's say my last name is smith he lives on smith road okay Luke smith <laughs> <laughs> um do you know smith is my uh grandmother's maiden name really yes is that that a coincidence i think it is <laughs> well, i'll say that for another segment <laughs> um so that's kind of a coincidence that jim and i because jim is one of those work friends who i do see outside of work you know like there's work friends and then there's friends you see outside there's, of work. there's, there's a few of them there's not many mm. there's a few of them a handful yeah some may may say yeah so we've got to be pretty outside. good friends and um uh, in his youth he uh moved around houses a bit he was in the north island and stuff like that um so he's up in the north island for work at the moment he's probably on a plane right now which is why i'm recounting the story rather than him okay um can't get him in can't dial him from the earphone no um he messaged me yesterday and um he has contacted his dad to say you know what was our address when we lived up here in one of these houses and his dad lives on this has they lived on mm. the same street with my last name nope no oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this coincidence is that jim grew up he came he came to live on smith street which we'll assume is my last name okay he grew up on luke place oh coincidence luke smith <laughs> is that weird or what uh, it's it's odd yeah it's weird and the other thing is it was it was sort of meant to be people don't know that or the they stars are aligned people might know that i have three middle names also <laughs> one of them being james which is his first name and his voting district is ashley <gasps> which is another one of my names so there's just one name left that he has to kind of get the full house kind of weird right it is weird maybe he can call one of his ch- children he said but um third child if it comes along the name's locked in no matter the gender do it <laughs> and it is a masculine name Stuart. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah how many stewards do you think are being um 
named every conceived year. right now yeah <laughs> i think what how many children are popping out and they're saying do it do it do it not sure don't know <laughs> yeah i don't expect you to know yeah, i mean I'm, you're not like the count. births and deaths guy mm. i do go to birthing hospitals regularly to you meet do. new family members any, any um children being conceived recently in your family not that i'm aware of oh, yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't know that's good <laughs> see this is the thing my sister's due in like like next month yeah right yeah so and we could skype them in yeah <laughs> she actually has a story to tell a paranormal story to tell oh really um she wants to get on at some point get i a... just haven't organized oh yeah we could get her to ring in i've got a cable that we could plug in. I believe it's yeah. called a cable. <laughs> I believe you would. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I need to set that up. She actually asked me the other day. She said, okay. when do you want me to call in about your, your podcast? <laughs> okay. Well, not about the podcast. I'm on the story. All right. Well, do the, you the get tale. to claim that as one of yours? Um, <laughs> it'll be like my sister smelling um, the most haunted family member I know. <laughs> Is she? The most haunted family member you know? <laughs> Ah, uh, she is here. <laughs> she is. Okay. Um, that was that was all my admin, my show admin nice. for the top of the show. I don't even know how we got onto Devonshire Tees, by the way. Um, something about uh, um, tweet us. Yeah, <laughs> the godly us hotel. Oh, Queen's birthday. Queen's birthday. Yeah, Queen's birthday. That's this right. Year. So I went to Krakatoa. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting. I keep saying this. Akaroa. You went to Akaroa. Akaroa, not Krakatoa. Is Krakatoa erupting? Um, Is that the one? In Hawaii? I think, no, no, no. I think that's Krakatoa. I think that's got, that went a long time ago, didn't it? No, what's the one that's really active in Hawaii right now? I think it's Krakatoa. Like, what's the one in Hawaii? I think Krakatoa blew up like 500 years ago. Is that a New Zealand one? Krakatoa. Krakatoa is Indonesia. Ah. Oh. What's the big New Zealand one? Uh, Rupahu. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> this is the thing. All right, so eighteen eighty something, eighteen eighty three. Okay, this was Krakatoa, but I keep getting Krakatoa and Akaroa because they're both actually because Akaroa is inside what was a volcano anyway. So Krakatoa seems fine. So did that? Um, Kilauea. It's the whole Kilauea, not bloody Krakatoa. <laughs> Kilauea, Krakatoa, You haven't got me for getting that wrong. You got it wrong, like you're subbing in Krakatoa for Akaroa, oh which is like an hour from here. I know. I just, I just, it's something, just I always think, when I always think of Akaroa, I seem to always default to Krakatoa. So then you don't get to have a go at me for thinking it's Hawaii. <laughs> Shut up. Because you thought it was over the hill. <laughs> so did that? Two nighties? Two nighties. Yeah, two nighties. Two nights. Uh, yeah, had to... Um, yeah, had um, had had dinies over there. That's quite good. Mm-hmm. Went for a bit of a, a walk. Found a French cemetery. Oh yeah, all good, exciting. Mm-hmm. And was then it written in French. It was yeah. And then like three nights in Auckland. So yeah, back here for tonight. Back to Auckland tomorrow. Ugh. And then I'm up north next week. Um. Okay. <clears throat> so. So that's what we're done. That's what we've been done. All right. I didn't ask. Uh, moving into. <laughs> Moving into paranormal story, ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, it's your your turn. It's my turn. Your turn. Oh, is it my turn? Your turn. But wait, your turn. <laughs> yep, it's your turn. Okay, so uh, you rem- take yourself back 
a few episodes, a lot of episodes, to the episode called Furescaping. Oh, yeah, it's about pubic hair stuff. (laughs) Do you remember the, other than pubic hair, what the nature of that show was about? Hitler. Hitler. What about him? Um, That he escaped to South America. There you go. So, along a similar vein... (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were trying to work in something with a vein... So to speak. Well, you <laughs> Assumedly, you, you fewer escape to look the make the main vein. <laughs> That's not where I was going. Right. Um, so in a similar lesson vein. In a similar quite right theme. Um, I have the top five pubic paranormal pubic hair formations you can do yourself at home. The top five Hitler is still alive, or no? I guess that's not quite right either. Top five conspiracy theories about Hitler's death or non-death. Okay, about his Flynn. So where he went. So obviously 1945 in a bunker, Germany, Hitler and Eva Braun die, mm-hmm. take their lives. Yep. Their corpses are taken out, burn them. Burned, yep. Yep, and kind of disappear from there. Yep, exactly. Uh, but not all believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. I'm trying to tell you. If you shut up and let me go. This is, yeah, this is where I'm trying to figure out the best place to lead off. Okay, so I'm just going to jump in. If it doesn't quite make sense, it will after a sentence or two. Um, basically, there was a uh, team of uh, researchers who have taken dental records and all sorts of things from the last known remains of Hitler's body and have... Um, use that to kind of research into some of these conspiracy theories to prove um, alive, dead, or somewhere else. Where's their funding coming from? I'm not Who's sure. Funding them. Um, it'll it's it'll become a, a little bit more apparent towards the end. There's <laughs> Cambridge University papers on on debunking some of these, which is actually ludicrous. But we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, the first of my top five. Um, is that Hitler did not die in the bunker. (gasps) But they said he did in history class. But he did die heroically on the battlefield. Heroically? Doesn't strike me as... (laughs) World War I, I think he was pretty heroic. Didn't he get, like, mustard gas and go blind for a wee while and then came, came right? Mustard gas? Yeah. Maybe. I'll search history. I don't know. You're, you're asking me. It's not on my list. So <laughs> I can't go off list. Um, this fantasy was recounted in the book The Death of Hitler, whose authors noted it was believed by much of the world. A doctor even testified in a desp- deposition that he had tried to save his wounded leader. A shell fragment had pierced the uniform, went through his chest and entered the lungs on both sides, he told the court. It was no use to do anything. Inevitably... The notion of Hitler, the war hero, was shown to be a hastily conceived fraud. Oh, okay. Hence why I'm leading off with it, because it gets way juicier later on. Okay, so that one is evidently uh, false. Yeah. Uh, The Nazis and their conquerors didn't exactly make it easy for the public to learn the truth. So uh, that was kind of the rumor spread by people um, who uh, wrote, you know, publications around the death of Hitler. Um, So I guess maybe internally they kind of thought... Uh, that was what was going on. Okay. Um, Just on mustard gas, a mm-hmm. uh, link here uh, from the Times of Israel, which are covering the story apparently, because 
sort of things that the Jews love to cover latest tales of, people. Of, of, yeah. of, of Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, injured German corporal named Adolf Hitler claimed to be a casualty of a British deployed mustard gas. Um, I know why they're covering it because they're saying, did he fake it? Uh. Did Hitler fake it? <laughs> Was he faking it all along? Was he faking it that whole time? <gasps> He's faking it. Was it like a Groucho Marx set of glasses and moustache? I believe it. He was faking it. <laughs> um, if you'd like to read The Death <clears throat> of Hitler, the full story with evidence from secret Russian archives, uh, on Amazon you can read the hardcover version from $1.15. Uh, reviews? Uh, there are love 17 reviews. customer reviews. Uh, paperbacks, uh, controversially, are more expensive at starting at $10. Ah. Um, there's also a Kindle version. Um, so we got... I might get the Kindle version, to be honest. We got a good spread of reviews, actually, ranging from two star up to five star. Um, let me find a two star, because they're more fun to read. If you Google the death of Hitler, by the way, it just comes up with suicide. Oh, so this is far less interesting. If you had just searched the death of Hitler and uh, come up with suicide, this episode would have been much shorter. Interesting attempt, but somehow disappointing. Two uh, stars. We've all had that. Interesting, but disappointing. Two stars. Hitler's buff. Why is it disappointing? What's the disappointing part? There's a full paragraph here, but I'm not reading it. Um, Hitler's buffs <laughs> might own it. The curious should visit a library. <laughs> um okay can you still buy mine Kampf? i think so there was a copy in the university library oh i think it's actually quite interesting to well no i'm thinking of maybe the documentary mine Kampf has a 3.1 out of 5 really yeah okay um second conspiracy theory related to hitler's death is that hitler lived <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Hitler had demanded in his will that the Soviet forces about to overrun Berlin not be allowed to defile his corpse. Accordingly, his lieutenants doused his body in benzene, lighted lighted it on fire, and buried it in a nearby shell crater. Of course, the occupying Soviets found the body anyway, autopsied Hitler, and concluded that he had killed himself in a suitably cowardly fashion. Rather than let the world examine the same evidence, the Soviets kept Hitler's body hidden for decades until the KGB was finally ordered to destroy the corpse in the 1970s, leaving only the shard of skull and jawbone in the Kremlin's possession. This is like it's got these headlines wrong. As explained in The Death of Hitler, the Russians found it politically useful to keep the world guessing about Hitler's fate. Uh, The strategy worked. There was mass public confusion about when, how and whether Hitler had died. An information vacuum and newspapers quickly filled up with stories of sketchy sightings of the Nazi leader. Hitler posing as a casino croupier in France. (laughs) Why would he do that? Hitler working as a shepherd in the Alps and Hitler living as a hermit in a cave. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I had had seen one of those really disappointing documentaries around, um, like, Hitler's death solved. Like, you know, when you watch like coming on Nat Geo and they try to make it seem like they're going to crack a case. Yeah. And they tested that shard of uh, bone that they had in the Kremlin and the results came up inconclusive. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Always does. Uh, mine camp review, by the way, from yeah. Jarrett. He rated it one star. Uh, went, the subway guy. Yeah, Jarrett. <laughs> Jarrett from Subway. Kids. Um, Hitler. Boo. Call me crazy talking liberal. 
Or call me a crazy talking liberal if you want, but I'm against burning human beings in big ovens. I don't care how trendy and cool it was considered back in the day. That's just the way I was raised. <laughs> Good. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> um, so, Hitler's great submarine escape. We all live in a Hitler submarine, a Hitler submarine, a Hitler submarine. So this is a article from the Daily Mail that relates to this um, headline. Dodging fires and explosions, a small party made its way to the vast dam that ran through the center of Berlin. Let me spell this for you. H-O-H-E-N-Z-O-L-L-E-R-N-D-A-M-M. that's way too many syllables for one word it's not even fair that ran through the center of berlin once a fashionable boulevard it was now a makeshift runway and on it sat 52 transport aircraft and its engines being gunned by captain captain peter Baumgart, an experienced luftwaffe pilot his last name was Baumgart, and he was like a bomber pilot my god he was like made to live that career Mm. b-a-u-m god yeah okay good on him hitler and his companions hitler and his companions climbed aboard the aircraft and before they could even sit down Baumgart pushed the throttle forward within a minute this doesn't sound like a submarine that's not safe and it's not a submarine (laughs) within a minute the plane soared into the air heading north the fuhrer refused to look out the window unwilling to face the hell he had left behind he was heading to a new life in a new world that life as it would be for so many other nazis was argentina you could just pull the window shade down if that's uh, the case um after landing in denmark he flew to spain where general franco supplied him with an aircraft to take him to the canary islands from there the fuhrer took a submarine finally. wasn't the canary islands where they saw him saw his pubes yeah that was where he had a new girlfriend yeah, that's right yeah yeah um Go back to we episode Fear Escaping if you want to hear that one. submarine from Canary Islands to Argentina. That's right. Uh, from there, the Fuhrer took a submarine to the Argentine coast where he disembarked near the small port of Nicosia, some 300 miles south of Buenos Aires. Sounds great. Hitler would never again set foot outside Argentina. And though his dreams of a new Reich would never be fulfilled, he did at least find some form of domestic happiness by marrying Ava Braun in this version, uh, with whom he had two daughters. Finally, after 17 years in hiding, one of the most evil men in history died on February 13th, 1962, age 73. It was to his bitter disappointment that his old foe, Winston Churchill, outlived him. It sounds so, like, matey when they say his old foe. It's yeah. like, eh, kind of, lots of people died because of those old foes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, do they, how do they know he was disappointed by he, like He's dead. How can he possibly say, like, Hitler died and then was like, oh, damn, I died. And oh, oh Winnie, he, yeah, he's still he kicking. Damn yeah. it, Winnie. <laughs> like, he's dead. He can't have any emotions about this sort of thing. The and this is Hitler poltergeist. Yeah, I mean, maybe he instantly came back. Maybe he used his one punch, hunch, or brunch to come back, yep. punch someone, and say, I hate that it would stood out, out left me. And then <laughs> like, he disappeared again. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> we'll, we'll minute it in this article for you. Yeah, there you go. 
When did Winston Churchill die then? I'm not sure. So what what year did Hitler die according to that article? Um, stand by. It was 1962. Oh, 1965. Oh, so close. Yep. Uh, so I'm kind of jumping through um, a number of different articles here. Trying to figure the best place to come back in. Um, um, so as part of that, uh, three days before his purported suicide, Hitler ordered two corpses to be dressed as himself and his wife, waited till the stro- stroke of midnight, slipped out of his bunker via secret tunnel, and sneaked through the bombed-out city of Berlin uh, to rendezvous with said airplane. Um, article the fourth. Conspiracy theory number four. Is that it? That was the last one. That was it, yeah. Well, it's like a sentence, isn't it? No, I came back. It's the same one. Oh, yeah. I was like, this one's much shorter. (laughs) (laughs) Where did he go if he snuck out? Okay, now I get it. Now I get it. So we kind of did a prequel on that where where it was that he snuck out. Uh, I mean, he he dressed the corpses before he snuck out and took off in the plane. Do you think he dressed the corpses or, you know, was that sort of a a group activity? Just imagine him with like the makeup brush. Yeah. Like a little bit of lippy here. Yeah. Um, conspiracy theory number four. The tropical adventures of Adolf Schutelmeyer and friends. Oh, that sounds like a... <laughs> that almost sounds like an episode title. Like all the best conspiracy theories, the story of Hitler's retirement in South America intersects with just enough reality to make it vaguely plausible without being so tied down to facts it risks being disapproved. Disproved. Disapproved. Disapproved. I disapprove with Hitler. <laughs> you would probably too. A Nazi U-boat uh, did disappear near the end of World War II, and many high-ranking Nazis really did escape to the Americas, sometimes evading capture for years. Last year, a newly de- declassified cache of government documents revealed that the CIA actually investigated a report that Hitler was among them, a fairly reliable source contacted the agency's base in Venezuela in 1955, according to the CIA memo, shared a photo of two men taken in Colombia the previous year. Uh, Let me show you the pic. Okay. It's just, I click the pic, and then a video of Donald Trump loads. (laughs) I'm going to have to do a manual zoom in. Um, So this... What the hell? Uh, here you can see this pick looks a lot like Hitler but he I mean I know no one moves around in a photo but he does look dead in this <laughs> um, so contrary to I mean you can't tell what how he's shaved his pubes there which would be a dead giveaway normally yeah. <laughs> but just to describe the picture it's a grainy photo of a man in a suit sitting next to someone who looks identical to hitler also why would he keep the moustache though <clears throat> there was there was um wasn't that one of those ones one of those things that um you know the last time i reported on a hitler death he had shaved the moustache i thought so too yeah yeah <clears throat> um the clean shaven man on the left in the photo um which i'll tweet later on um was a former German you tweet him. <laughs> Does German he have SS trooper, according to the source, and the man on the right was supposed to be Hitler. He'd apparently changed his name to Adolf Schutelmeier. 
but was not worried about discover was so not worried about discovery that he felt it necessary to shave his moustache. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Hitler's alleged presence in Colombia was an open secret in some circles. A subsequent CIA investigation found in a city overly populated with former German Nazis, the former SS officer told an agency source Schuttelmeier was idolized by those who knew his real identity. Identity. Identity, yeah. Identity. They called him Der Führer and honored him with old Nazi salutes. Um, Okay, okay. The CIA station chief continued to... to to, uh, but yep what? the cia station chief continued to pursue the case but was eventually told by his superiors that enormous efforts could be expended on this matter with remote possibilities of establishing anything concrete so schutelmeyer whoever he was was thereafter left alone of course by the time the cia memos were made public last year various writers had spun far more elaborate stories about hitler's alleged life in south america One self-described historian claimed that Hitler eventually left Argentina for Paraguay and lived there inside an opulent underground bunker, which was turned into a hotel after his death in 1971. (laughs) It'd be great if he was running a wee bed and breakfast out of that. (laughs) Knocking on the door with some Devonshire teas. (laughs) (laughs) Runs off! (laughs) Um, That's Mr. (laughs) Schuttelmeyer. It's punishment in a way, having to wear the little apron that he was be, yeah. in my head when he was doing that. <laughs> oh, he's insane here. <laughs> oh, he dainty apron. Yeah. One self-described historian claimed that Hitler eventually left Argentina for Paraguay. I already read that. Open to bed and breakfast. Yep. Yep. Oh, you've, you know that one? Yep. Heard that. <laughs> Yet another researcher claimed that Hitler went to Brazil hunting for buried treasure using a map given to him by friends within the Vatican. <laughs> What? <laughs> this is ludicrous. That's a bit out there. It's the hunting of buried treasure. Yeah. The researcher was convinced that Hitler lived in the country until at least 1984. Outliving Winston Churchill, I might uh, I'd like that. Into his 90s because he had found a grainy photograph of an old man taken that year and was reminded of Hitler when she used Photoshop and added a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> important part there is that she's photoshopped a moustache on and it doesn't say it looked identical it was reminded of yeah it's like oh, who does he remind you of you're like oh, I, um, charlie chaplin yeah <laughs> oh yeah is that charles <laughs> oh chucky um and the fifth and final um uh hitler escape attempt slash uh conspiracy theory Yals? as to his outcome Hitler escaped to a secret Antarctic base. But don't worry, we nuked it. (laughs) (laughs) In a particularly imaginative variation of the basic submarine escape story, a faction of theorists claimed that Hitler's U-boat detoured to Antarctica, depositing the leader at a secret Nazi ice base before continuing to South America with, with his lesser officers. Which is interesting because... There's quite often um, conspiracy theories around um, UFOs yes, exactly. and things like that, based both in Argentina and in Antarctica. Yeah. Um, in fact, it was in secret yeah, machines. Exactly. The first secret machines, but exactly has that. Yeah. Um, I can see what Hitler would like Antarctica, though. It's you know, it's chilly, like you know, the German Alps, really white. <laughs> you know, that's 
He's big <laughs> on that. You going to say that. Yep. 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 Anything else, or you just wanted to work on that really white <laughs> joke? Uh, probably about all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> remote. There we go. We'll go remote. Remote? Yep. Lots remote. Um, scenic? Secretive? Secretive? Secretive, yeah. Do you reckon there's more chance of you going to Antarctica or the moon in your lifetime? That's a really good question. That's a hypothetical. <laughs> um, I think probably Antarctica. I think of the moon. You want that to be the case. space tourism. <laughs> Not terrorism, space tourism. Oh my God, maybe when space tourism starts becoming a thing. <laughs> I will not. I will not think of that. No, oh, jihad on um, the stratosphere. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you... No, I think if you got the technology to go to space, then it would mean that they've got um, ways and means of moving a lot of people in a short amount of time, which I think would open up so much more of the world. But I think it could be pretty protected old tarts. Why? Uh, Last Frontier. What are you talking about? Antarctica. How is the moon not a frontier? Yeah, but it, it's not like, you know, Antarctica is like n- preserved for all ki- all all time, man by mankind for all time. Do you want to start that sentence yeah, again? No. <laughs> I'm happy with what it came out like. Like, I think it's just like, that's like, you know, like National Park, but like on a crazy scale. Yeah. Whereas the moon's like, yeah. Drop your Coke can, who's going to care? It's the yeah, moon. but once people start going there, then people, then countries will start claiming bits. Start polluting the moon. Well, polluting it, but also drawing up borders and then having wars over said borders. Do you think all the astronauts that went to the moon did poos on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's why that guy didn't get out of the craft on the first one? He had to do poos. Yeah, he had to do poos. Well, because they must have left it. They wouldn't have brought it back, surely. They must have left the poos on the moon. I don't think they... No, they, oh, they would have brought it back, wouldn't they? Oh, no, they would have left it in the lander. Because they left the whole bottom half yeah. of that craft. Maybe that's why. He's like, you guys go ahead. And then Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin go outside. Dude who no one ever remembers his name does mm, poos. Michael Collins? Yes. <laughs> uh, does poos. Leaves it at the lander. And then they take off and come back to Earth. I'm like, oh, I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you Googling? The trash we've left on the moon. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they've left some uh, reflectors up there so that people can't say it's a hoax that they went. Because you can shoot a laser up and it will reflect and come back. Um, oh, wow. It's a lot here. Really? So, um... So man kind of left on the moon more than 70 spacecraft, including rovers, modules, crash orbiters, five yeah. American flags, two golf balls, 12 pairs of boots, TV cameras, film magazines, 96 bags of urine, feces, and vomit. Vomit? There's, whoa. There's more of that than anything else. Bodily waste. That's depressing. Several improvised javelins. What? <laughs> Made out of what? Used wet wipes. What do you improvise a javelin out of up there? <laughs> I just wanted to play javelin up there. <laughs> Surely that's just the flagpole without a flag on it. This this feels a bit like they're saying about waste we left on the moon. A photograph of Apollo 16 astronaut Charles Duke's family. This feels a bit 
Well, that may be the most attractive people, but <laughs> you shouldn't call it waste. That's a bit strange. <laughs> Is it framed? I don't know. It doesn't say. But framed from like um, the warehouse. <laughs> The um, golf ball one is that's a real self saucer. That one, yeah. There's no reason to go and play golf on the moon other than to play golf on two the moon. golf balls are up there, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. So there's, there's poos on the moon, poos on the moon, poos on the moon, and a bit of vom. <laughs> the proposed location for the Nazi base, often a cavern under the ice, has wandered around over most of the Norwegian Antarctic territory of Dronning Mordland. See, even though. It's Antarctica. No one ever goes there, hardly. Mm-mm-mm. It's all split up into what country has what bit. Yeah, I don't think everybody recognises it, though. Right. Yeah, from what I understand. Because mm. we got a bit. Yeah, we, we got, got a, a bit. slice. New Zealand's slice, got a slice the pie. Of the pie. <laughs> <laughs> Crack ourselves up on that. Do we need a passport to go to that bit? Uh, no, you wouldn't. But I think you have to land at McMurdo, which is a US territory. So you have to have a passport for that. So if you if you somehow manage to go direct to our territory, yeah. you're sweet. But I think you have to land at McMurdo on the ice runway. So not that happy about that. <laughs> I just got a new passport the other day, actually. Didn't ask. Yeah, well, you knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not agreed whether the submarines were carrying Hitler himself or just his ashes. In any case, the story goes, Hitler's presence in Antarctica explains secretive British and US military missions to the continent in the aftermath of World War II, which lines up with secret machines. It does. Uh, culminating in a nuclear attack on the Nazi ice base in the 1950s. Oh, well, this is getting pretty out there in terms of conspiracy theories now, isn't it? Well, it lines up with secret machines still. It really does. I'm um, just saying it's getting out. This is more than sort of... Um, Poos on the moon. <laughs> this is, this is a bigger a issue. Further, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nuke in Antarctica. Yeah. Um, the for those that don't know, Secret Machines is a book published by To the Stars Media, which um, lines up a whole bunch of common uh, theories, sightings, um, tales, take, takes on um, UFO encounters or alien encounters, um, based apparently in truth mm-hmm. and then written as fictional um i guess yeah. fictional narrative uh, grounded in what they're saying is truth that's right yeah. based so, on government files <clears throat> etc correct so so the, the the people and um yeah the, the people in the book are fictional and yep. the events are rooted in truth yeah um, and all of that happened so um after the war uh, some nazis fled to argentina others um apparently uh went to antarctica where they were working on secret um projects around uh levitating craft etc das bell mm-hmm. um uh, none of this is true according to this report <laughs> okay. or at least so claimed two researchers in 2007 when they wrote a 21-page peer-reviewed paper... Pathetic. 21 pages? That's all they did? Attempting to debunk the notion of Nazi ice bases in Antarctica. 21 page. Don't be, they should be proud of that. So this is where... Um, um, I can tell you who did it. This was written well, they got by... got their funding. Colin Summerhays and Peter Beeching. Um, for oh, he's Beeching. Cambridge University. He's Oh, Pete's beaching. Um, so, yeah, there's. You can actually view their 
findings online uh, published in January 2007. So these these wonderful authors of a 21-page report. Yep. <laughs> they got money to do that. <laughs> That's right, 21-page report. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As to whether or not there is a Nazi base in it. Work hard for the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's basically the end of my segment. Lovely. Um, I loosely cobbled together. What do you think, though, of all those? What's your personal thoughts on old Hitty? Um, well, I, the way that Secret Machines was written, I, I would like to think that that's how it's gone down. That would mean that... Nuke in Antarctica? You're favouring the Nuke in Antarctica? Uh, maybe not the Nukin part, but the <laughs> the part around that that all exists. Um, yeah, there's some interesting stuff I think with um, alien-ish tech built by humans <laughs> and worked on. You know, it's an arms race in the skies almost in this in this space, I should say. Yeah, if we're talking about supremacy, white supremacy, <laughs> Antarctic, Antarctica's perfect supremacy? place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, I, there was also, um, I've, I've read in uh, previous things that there was, uh, yeah, indeed missing U-boats and planes and stuff, uh, planes with the range to get, you know, in one stop to Antarctica, stuff like that. Uh, Argentina, I should say. Yeah. So wouldn't be surprised if, um, somewhere as remote as Argentina, where you can be as isolated as you could be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bunch of Nazis there. Oh. Whether Hitler's one of them, I don't know. And hopefully, if Hitler did fly in um, Argentina, he got an upgrade. Like, being stuck down the back in economy all that way when you were the Fuhrer. If anyone deserved it, though. I don't know. It's worked pretty hard for that. <laughs> if anyone deserved to fly Oh, you're thinking, you're thinking the other way. You're thinking, <laughs> oh, if anyone deserved economy class with no upgrade, it's Hitler. <laughs> well, that's actually, that's fair. If you're in the line at the airport, you've got your upgrade pending and Hitler books past you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like, oh, <laughs> what does it take to get, uh, yeah. Do you think he's like the, he's, he's the one name that gets thrown out as like the worst human on, on earth, right? Like no, that's so. the first place everyone goes, um, when playing, um, punch, hunch and brunch. It if is. I could go back in time and punch something or someone, um, once and then come back to the present day and it'd be go back and punch Hitler as the first place everyone seems to go. It is right. He's like the I one mean, it person. It is, but I think there's at. there's the chance that there are worse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like on a Ricky Gervais stand up. He even said, you know, people like Pol Pot and stuff like that had a, a heck of a lot more, and not that opera singer guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, I'm listening to a podcast series which I can plug, um, and it's about the Mongolians. Oh, yeah, Mongols. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Um, uh, called Wrath of the Khans. It's a uh, hardcore history by Dan Carlin. Um, there's a... That's good. Good five shout or six out to follow podcasts yeah. um, going through that. And um, Genghis Khan just basically decided to kill off town after town. And it was just... Do you want to see what the bar. top 25 worst people ever according to this website are? As long as I'm not on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking Stalin has to be up there. Yeah. So number one, Heinrich Himmler. Okay. Um, so leader of the SS and mm-hmm. he kind of, yeah, sort of made fun of this again, which is sort of weird like that previous thing. It says about uh, leader of the SS, chief of German police, head of the Gestapo. He personally coordinated the deaths of nearly 10 million people. And when the war was over, not even his former colleagues wanted anything to do with him. Cyanide, anyone? Oh. 
because he killed himself with cyanide. Why are they making it so light? I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> I mean, he did take a cyanide pill. So, yeah. Uh, Joseph Stalin, number two. Yeah. Uh, Ivan the fourth. Okay. Uh, the first, the Tsars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just give us the top ten. During maybe. one of his escapades to Poland, he had a thousand prisoners brought before him every day to be executed. Oh. Assuming that he got a full night's sleep, eight hours, <laughs> that would mean witnessing one execution every minute he was awake. Whoa. I'm sure let's do them all. Uh, Hetty, number four. Hetty. Elizabeth Bothroy is number five. Any uh, description? Hungarian countess in the 1500s. Labelled the most prolific female serial killer in history. Wow. Have known as the Blood Countess or the Blood Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to court records, Elizabeth, Elizabeth had several accomplices would... Her and several accomplices would lure young girls to their lair and then proceed to beat them, burn them, bite the flesh of their faces, freeze them, perform surgery on them. What? Starve them and abuse them sexually. Goodness. Okay. Uh, Pol Pot, there you go, number six. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Judas, number seven. Really? Kind of weird. Is that biblical? It said, he stabbed God in the back for 30 pieces of silver. Nuff said. This is too colloquial, this list. Uh, <laughs> if Vlad- the top 25 worst people on the planet has the phrase, enough said, <laughs> it's probably not the most reliable. Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, again, I've heard of that one. Enough said. Yeah. Um, Dr. H.H. H. Holmes. Oh, yes, he was a crazy serial killer. I've heard about him. Mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and Idi Amin. Huh. From Uganda. So there you go. You're right. Uh, number 25 actually I see Osama um, Bin Laden's on here oh yeah where is he I uh, saw it um, Saddam Hussein was 14 Osama mm-hmm. Bin Laden's number 12 so any other notable mentions uh, who else we got here but click wait Genghis Khan 21 oh yeah see I was up there uh, Bloody Mary 23 is that real <laughs> Mary the First of England turns out had a passion for burning people at the stake, particularly people who opposed her ideologies, hence the nickname. <laughs> uh, and Attila the Hun, number 25. Hmm. There we go. All right. Um, shall we move on? I think we should. All right. So we're going to move on to the final segment of the show where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Tony will flick to a random page. I'll tell him when to stop and we'll read one of the random stories Feel on the musical. <laughs> Shall we click it on? Okay, go on. Do it. Click, click. <laughs> it's, it's on. on. It's yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I can smell the book from here. It's smelling good today. <laughs> right. So, as you said, I will uh, flick through the pages and you can tell me when to uh, stop. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Stop. Oh, here's a good section. <laughs> here's a good section. Um, <laughs> you know. One of the best that I have come across. Uh, well, it's called Appearances it and Disappearances. All right. It's a fave of ours. <clears throat> Has it got Hitler? <clears throat> um, oh, okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, so I'll read, I'll read this one here. Here we go. A distraught young Englishwoman came to the British Embassy in Paris one day in May 1889. She and her mother, on their way home from India, had checked into a hotel not long before, taking two single rooms, and the mother had fallen ill. The hotel doctor had examined her and sent the daughter for medicine. When she returned, the hotel staff denied ever having seen her mother. 
only the younger woman's name was in the hotel register. When she insisted on seeing the room her mother had occupied, she found it was not the one she had remembered. Even the hotel doctor denied having met her before. What? Unable to make her story believed. Unable to make her story believed. Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> um, the young woman ended up in an asylum in England. Some have speculated that the mother had contracted the plague in the Far East and that the hotel staff had conspired to suppress the news, even going so far as to redoctorate the mother's hotel room and to dispose of her corpse rather than lose business. What? But the only evidence to support the case of the vanished matron was the young woman's own testimony. Testimony. <laughs> woman's own testicles. <laughs> uh, a sign of madness. Possibly, but if true, surely enough to drive her mad. Right. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit uh, interesting. It's a bit dark. Um, there's a really short one here. I'll do it in one breath like you do. Um, just on that one, uh, it's odd... Like how do how does the book know that that happened? If you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. they've either got it from the hotel staff or they've got it from the person who's in the insane asylum, haven't they? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it happened in eighteen eighty nine. Oh right. Okay, here we go. So is this a short one? Shorter one, yeah. Let me interrupt you one more time. <laughs> oh. Ready? Yep. In August 1880, a young man who had given his name as Henry Edward disappeared overnight from the Florida coastal steamer city of Dallas. Although the night was quiet and the water calm, none of the watch or the ship's officers heard a splash or saw Edward go overboard. It was slower than you normally read. You read the articles on your laptop faster than that. I know. Let me do that one in one breath. I'll show you how it's done. I'll find a new one. Do um, that one there. Okay. It's quite a short one. I could do longer, but... You actually, you do these very well. Do I? <laughs> I take it you do, yes. I'm going to do that one, which is slightly longer. See if I can get <gasps> through on one breath. No. Yeah, ready? Is it the Green Children one, is it? Um, I don't know. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I did peruse it. The two children. No, two children appear from a cave near Ban- Barnos in Spain. Ready? Okay. <sighs> Two children appear from a cave near Barnos, Spain in 18, uh, the 1887. Their skin was green. Their clothes were of unfamiliar material. They could not speak Spanish. Their eyes appeared oriental. At first they would not eat. The boy died, but then the girl survived and learned enough Spanish to explain. They came from a sunless land where one day a woman had swept her and her companion away, d- deposited them in the cave. Understandably, this did little to dispel the wonder surrounding her. She died in 1982. Her origin is still unknown. I'll go on for the one that you wanted because I've still got breath. Be back shortly. Keep supper for me. Charles E. Austin of New York. Oh, I took a breath. <laughs> I couldn't Dude. understand anything you said in the last couple of sentences there. I heard I'll keep going because I've still got breath. <laughs> I got cocky. I got two lines short. All right. Let's Be leave. back shortly. Keep supper for me, said Charles E. Austin of Yonkers, New York, to his wife the evening of March 28, 1905, as he left his house. That was the last that she or anyone saw of him. And on that note? And on that note, we'll call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Join us next week. Toodaloo!